I say that, and I'm sincere. Uh, I, I missed him when he left and uh, started going to Cleveland and then to Arizona. Thrilled when he came back. You know why? Because he is one of the most down-to-earth, honest guys that I've talked to in the locker room, and I've talked to a lot of guys over 40 years, ladies and gentlemen, but he is really one of my favorites, and it's a pleasure to have him back with us. The veteran, number 38, Tremont Williams on the fifth quarter. Tremont. What's going on, my man? Thanks for coming over. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. Great to have you back. Uh, Tremont, work this mic nice yeah, and close, Yeah, really please. close. We're in a yeah. big, cool bar go. restaurant. This place is... I like this. This is nice. I like this. This is nice. All right. Good to be back, isn't it? Most definitely. I mean, you're a year yeah. plus returning. Um, uh, just take us through, uh, I understand at the time, why you left, getting up there, we're drafting corners, two and three at a time every year. <laughs> Let's see what else is out there. Um, and why come back? Why not? Why not? That's what did you learn about this place being in other places, namely <laughs> Cleveland and in Arizona? This is a unique place, man. Um, it's, it's no other place like it. No other place like it. Um, I mean, when I went to Cleveland, um, I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I kind of was ashamed sh to tell people that I played for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, pre Freddy Kitchens. I'm, a, I'm, gu I'm guessing that soundbite will not go viral. <laughs> but that, but that's the way I felt for a little bit. Um, but at the same time, um, I knew what I had left. I knew what I had left, um, and it was really a pleasure to have a chance to come back. You've got plenty left, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and it, it, you placed such a demanding position in this game. Uh, how do you make sure... You have plenty left after how many? 13? 14? 14. 14 years doing this. Yes. I mean, it's the grace of God, man. It's the grace of God, man. I, I mean, he's preserved my body. Um, amazing. Um, a lot of people ask me that question, um, but that's all I can come up with. I still feel great. I mean, I've played many snaps over the years. I've led the team in snaps. And at 36 years old, most most people would say that um, all the snaps that he played, the wear and tear on his body, um, he shouldn't still be playing like this. He shouldn't be doing it, but I feel great, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> all right. The genes. The genes. It's got to be the genes. Only Leroy Butler, Willie Wood, and Mark Lee have played more games as a Packer defensive back in franchise history than this guy. I mean, wow. that's – Pretty good company, Tremont. Pretty good company indeed. All right, three and one. Sure was fun for the first three. Thursday night, not so. Now mm -hmm. we're going to find out an awful lot about you guys in the next six days. Most definitely. Uh, we got the Dallas Cowboys coming in, obviously. Um, we just played Philadelphia. Didn't look so good. Um, they kind of ran the ball up and down the field on us. And we have a guy... In Dallas, <laughs> last name is Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> who we're definitely going to have to stop. Um, obviously, we know that they have a great O-line, um, just a great good quarterback behind center, and it's going to be a challenge. But we have to come back this week, um, kind of get our mind right, um, come back to really to the drawing board and make sure that we're doing the things that we did the first three weeks to kind of show up their run game 
And um, if we can do that, we'll have a definitely have a chance. Two potential issues that you know maybe I can see, and maybe you can correct me, Tremont. Alignment. Mike Patton really has liked that fifth DB mm -hmm. on the field. Granted, partly due to circumstance, Blake's the only healthy, experienced inside right. backer. Oren back. Oren Burks, by the way, practicing today. That's a good sign. Has that been a factor? Have teams been able to take advantage of that? I think so, um, but at the same time, I think we have guys in the secondary who can kind of get that job done. I don't think it was the fact that, um, you know, we had smaller body, bodies in there. It was the fact that, you know, when we messed up, it was our fault. You know, guys in different gaps. Um, it's, a, it's a team effort. Even as a corner, you have to be able, be able to fill a certain gap. Whether it's the outside gap, sometimes you may be the force. So you have to really play team ball even in a run game. That's what I heard from a lot of guys. Little yeah. things, little things, little things. Most definitely. Gap discipline. Kenny Clark was talking about it, and you can tell he's very frustrated at what's been going on. Uh, and, uh, and all 11. Uh, and, you know, what I what put to Kenny, I said, you don't necessarily – he was saying maybe we're all trying to make the play, you know, in the run right. game. But you don't have to make the play. You just do your job, tie up blockers so others can make the play if they're doing their job. And so the less everyone individually thinks, I've got to make this stop, you've got to think, I've got to make the force. Right. So Darnell can come up and make the tackle. Right. Or Kenny and Dean got to hold on to blockers so Blake can pile up another 4,000 tackles. Most definitely. It's, it's definitely a game of sacrifice. Obviously, the guys up front don't get a lot of credibility. <laughs> I know. You know, but um, they, they, they do an excellent job for our linebackers. It's, it's the front job to keep our linebackers clean, for Blake to come in and make these tackles. Or as a corner, my job to, to force the ball inside and not let it get outside. Right. So you have all of those things. And, and I think Coach says it best. You just need 11 guys on the field doing their job. That's all it really is. And – when things start to go um, a different direction, like um, Philly started running the ball on us, like you said, everybody feel like they have to do a little bit extra. And when you feel like that, you tend to do a little bit more than you should be doing. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it is exactly what happened. Um, guys started getting out their gaps. Um, holes started opening up that shouldn't be there. And um, those guys took advantage of that. Yes, they did. See, you played under Coach Petten with Cleveland, mm -hmm. now back in Green Bay. What do you like about him as a man, as a coach, and about his scheme? Um, as a man, uh, it's funny because uh, when most guys see Coach Petten, when they first see him, just from his physical appearance, they think he's just a mean guy. Yeah, the ball. I wouldn't mess with him in an alley. Yeah, they think he's just a mean guy, but he's, <laughs> he's the nicest guy it is. He's the nicest guy it is um, from, from a from a personal aspect, that's what I love about him. You know, he's a he's a nice guy from a coach's standpoint. He comes into work every day, and he's the same person. Win, lose, or draw, he's the same person. He's going to coach you up the same way all the time. And that's what you want out of coach. You want to see consistency out of coach. You don't want to come in um, after a loss and, and all of a sudden a guy, a guy is a totally different person. You know, you want you want the guy to maintain compose and come in, and most guys react to that. Not a lot of guys in this game, because you got to understand, in the NFL, you, you're coaching grown men. 
You know, you're not coaching kids anymore. You're not coaching young men anymore. You're coaching grown men. So you have to have a sense of, of composure because I hate to say it, men don't react to the men yelling at them. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, you so know. kicking over the water cooler, <laughs> smashing blackboards, you know, throwing no. things. No, he, he's not that guy. No. He's not that guy. But at the same time, you know, um, we have to sacrifice too, and we have to know when we did something wrong, and we have to be able to take um, criticism at that point in time. Um, and he does a good job of that. He has a special way of doing it. Sometimes Petter get on you, and he'll say something to you, and, and you'll realize later, be like, man, coach really got at me, but I ain't really recognize it till now. <laughs> you know Did he just yell at me? Yeah, I didn't even really recognize <laughs> it till now. But. You know what I like about my I, – I, we visit with him every week. I learn things listening to him just explain the game, explain right. his system. I, I learned things. There's very few coaches I can say that about. Dick Bennett in basketball was one. Yeah. I learned the game just listening to Dick. I learning, I'm learning more about the game listening to Mike. Mm -hmm. It's a neat quality. He, he's definitely that guy. Um, he, he's come from a, a really good coach, coaching tree, the Rex Ryan coaching tree. Um, and he knows his defense, man. He knows everything about it. And that's – a lot of people ask me, what's the difference between um, Mike in the box and Mike on the sideline? Um, I think just having another mind on the sideline to where we can actually communicate with him. When he was in the box, we couldn't really communicate yeah, with that's, him. That's the big change this year. That's the big change yeah. this year. So we couldn't really communicate with him. Now he's right down the sideline. Physically, we can see him. We come to the sideline after a series. We go to Mike like, Mike, uh, um, I don't think this, this is working. Maybe you can put us in this and see how that goes. So it's a, it's a back and forth communication thing when we come on and off the field. You've been in the league now for 14 seasons. How do you look at wins and losses now compared to when you first got into the league? Oh man, it's a big, it's a big difference because when I first got into the league, um, we was winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you caught the great trade here in 2007. Yeah. We, we, was, we was winning, man. Uh, I think we was winning maybe like eight, nine years straight, my first nine years here. Um, we was winning. And then um, went to Cleveland. Went to Cleveland a whole 360, you know, <laughs> a, a whole turn. I went from, you know, 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, 13 and 3 to 4 and 12. One in fifteen, mm -mm. like, mm. and I'll tell you for a fact that it is a mental burden on oh, you. I can imagine losing. It is is a mental burden on you, and it's not fun. It's not fun. So to see some guys on some of these losing teams, like I know how they feel. Like the Miami Revolt, guys want out after three games. Right. You know, you have to be really mental mentally focused and mentally challenged um to be on a team like that because it i mean it's it's tough to maintain humble throughout a year like that it definitely humbles you but a lot of guys don't a lot of guys can't handle it what what did you learn most about yourself while in cleveland oh man that I'm a good team player. Man. <laughs> I love my teammates. Nah, mo most definitely. I, I love my teammates. No matter what's win, lose, or draw, I'm going to go to war for, for those guys in the locker room regardless. Regardless of what it is, I walk into the locker room every day 
um, with a great spirit. Like I said, win, win, lose, or draw, they'll never know we losing when I walk in the building. Because I, I think that when you walk in the building as a leader, um, as a guy who's been around, it's infectious to people who you're around. And if you come in with a, a, a whole different vibe of, oh, man, I, I don't want to be today, you know, guys pick that up. Guys pick that up, and you don't, you don't want to be that guy. You know, you don't want to be that guy to come in and, and just bring your team a whole bad vibe. You came on board and saw Charles Woodson walk into the locker room every day like that. Right. And fantastic example of what you're talking about. Most definitely. Professional, I got to go to work. I'm here to work. There's a brotherhood in this locker room that is unique to almost any other thing people can do, you know, you guys, for what you guys go through. And uh, that was a really good role model there. That must be a, a big part of your role with this current team, with such a young backfield yeah, no specifically. You've got wow, Jair and Kevin and Darnell. This is, and now you're the, you're the wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old man on campus. You're the old man on campus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I... old man on campus, man. But uh, it's 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 really fun. Um, between Jair, Kevin, all the young guys on the team, those guys keep me young. Um, those guys is willing to learn. They want to learn. They want to be great. And obviously, they they're showing it on the field. You know, they ask a lot of questions, and I'm a guy who they gravitate to to those questions. So, I mean, it's been fun. The numbers don't lie. I mean. Mike Penton said that about, you know, just the overall defense. The numbers don't lie. We're not as good as we probably think we are, but the numbers don't lie as the way those guys are shutting out wide receivers so far this season. I mean, Wentz didn't even barely look at guys on the edge. He did. I was surprised about it. I mean, it was Ertz, and it was a couple of dumps and checkdowns, but to the wideouts, last couple of weeks, mm, no, I mean, there. I mean, if you went back and watched the film um, – Obviously, he, he would try to feed Ertz, but he was trying to feed Nelson Aguilar and yeah. all of those different guys, man. I don't even think he, he targeted Nelson Aguilar at all. Uh, it wasn't much, that's for sure. Uh, so it, it, was, it was a surprise. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, three receptions on nine targets. Yeah. That's tough. That's, that's, pretty, that's a good batting <laughs> average, that's for sure. Devontae Adams with that turf toe. You ever had turf toe? Yes. Have you? Yes. How, painful. how painful is it? Because Very painful. Devontae was literally wincing after the game. He would not put on a shoe yeah. uh, doing his post-game press conference in the locker room because it was so sore. I actually did it in college. Did you? It was, it was like my last, my second to last college game. And no wonder you didn't get only, drafted. Only, no wonder you get a drafted. The only reason I played my last <laughs> college game is because I obviously it was my last college game. So that's the only reason I played on it. Oh, that had to Other be. than that, I wouldn't have played. You had to tear up trying to oh, run. It was, it was tough. I saw Sterling Sharp's turf toe when he did it really, really bad uh, in the 80s, and it was the most grotesque thing I've ever seen on a human body. Yeah. His big toe, his Sergeant Hulka, was bent all the way back, toenail on the top of the foot, and it was swollen and <laughs> just brutal, ugly. <laughs> anyway. So so now's a great time to order food here yeah, at the tournament. Yeah, all right. Hey, how about that? Uh, but you're Who's right. starving? Yeah, you bet. You bet. So, you bet bless. You mentioned your, your college career. Mm -hmm. When you first got to Louisiana Tech, you weren't playing football, right? No, I just went, just went to school to be an engineer. So what brought you to the football team? I was a football player. <laughs> I, was still a, I was still a football player at heart. But um, 
didn't have any college offers, didn't have any scholarships, anything at all. Um, but me and my best friend decided, we was like, okay, man, we're going to go to Louisiana Tech. We're going to get these engineering degrees, and we're going to take the world by storm. That's what we're going to do. That was the plan. That's a great plan. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. And we got there, and my best friend, engineers, I ended up changing my major to computer information system, and, um, and I still went from there, but I decided to walk on. I decided, I said, man, I got I to play football. I went to one of the games, and it was like a, it was like 50-something to 50-something. I was like, man, I can go out there and do that. Ain't nobody playing no defense. <laughs> <laughs> like, ain't nobody <laughs> playing no defense, so I can go out and do that. So I ended up going to talk to the coaches. The coaches told me to come out. I went out um, for spring football. It wasn't my first. It wasn't as soon as I got there. It was actually my second year. All right. It was actually my second year in college. So um, I, I went out for spring football. Um, coaches realized that I can play right away that I was – like I was crazy athletic. It was like, man, why, why didn't you have a college offer? So I went out there, had an impact right away, and they invited me back for camp. We had like 30 walk-ons. I was the only one who they invited back. So you eventually got on scholarship? Eventually got on scholarship the end of my sophomore year. Nice. End of my sophomore year, I had three different D coordinators. One of the guys before he left, he said, like, team, before I leave, I got to get you a scholarship. And right before he left, he got me a scholarship. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's something you'll never forget. That's Did for sure. Got the scholarship. Did you get the degree? Got the degree. Nice. Got the degree. Right. Yes, of course. That a boy. All set. Tremont, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Mike Petton, you know his style of defense. You know how he likes to play defense. Uh, you had to be really excited when uh, the Smiths came on board, Adrian coming on board, to give this defense the type of players Petton can really mold and make an impact. Most definitely. Um, First and foremost, when you when you bring guys in, you you still never know how it's gonna turn out. True. But game one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Game one, I knew that uh, those guys definitely will pay dividend. I already knew it before, but you never know how things is gonna unfold. Darius told me the first joint practice with Houston, the light went on and said, This could be interesting. Right. Most definitely. Um we we, we were getting at those guys. For sure, we was definitely getting at those guys. But as I said, you never know what your identity is going to be until those, like I said, the first four weeks of the season. That's when you want to really find out what your identity is going to be. First four weeks for us went well. Last week obviously didn't, didn't go so well. But I think we're forming an identity. I think we still maybe need a little bit more time to know exactly what that identity is. We've been hit with our first sign of adversity. Now we got to show what we're really made of. We got to show how we're going to respond to that adversity now. Let's see if I can describe it. High energy, pressure. And turnovers. And turnovers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, missing those the other night. That's for sure. After Most what, definitely. eight in the first three. Yeah. To lead the league. When things don't go well, when you get a loss, when the run defense isn't where you'd like to see it at mm -hmm. this point in the season, do you listen to the noise from other players, from fans, from the media? Do you hear that kind of stuff, the critiques? I don't. No? No, I don't, but. Has it been that way for you your entire career? No, mm. it haven't. As a young player, you, you, you hear everything. You hear everything, and it's, it's actually a bad thing. You don't want to hear everything. <laughs> you really don't. You don't, you don't want to hear everything because if you hear everything, you're going to be up and down. Because 
hearing different things, it changes your vibe. Changes your vibe to one day you can be positive and all of a sudden you're looking for something. You, you read an article, you do this, you do that. You're like, oh, man, they, oh man, they saying that we trash, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you, you don't want to keep feeding that bad energy to yourself or, or even to your teammates. So you have to really put blinders on at, at times. Like, no, I'm not going to read nothing. We just going to worry about the guys in this locker room. Uh, we're going to worry about what, we, what we're going to do. We're going to showcase what we can do. And however the chips fall, that's where they fall. Yeah. And then, Z, you're never in the locker room. But I got to go in the locker room. And, you know, you got to deal with us. And we're asking you questions <laughs> about why this stinks, why this went wrong. Right. And the noise is in your face. I, yeah. Yeah. With a lot of bright lights, too, and all kinds of cameras. Uh, and you got to keep it together. Most definitely. But um, that's the thing that you want to see out of a, a great team, the guys who's going to come in and we're going to stick together. And that's, that's all you really want to see throughout, throughout a season. When the times get hard, will you stick together? And that's always the main focus whenever we do hit adversity. That's the, that's the first sign of, that coach talks about. He's like, guys, don't let anybody break you up. Don't let anybody outside this locker room break you up. All right. See how you came together this week because you'll need it when you go down to Dallas. All right. Only a couple of minutes left with Tremont Williams. Uh, yeah, MVSPI, a uh, couple of them. Uh, you guys are dealing with very curious times yeah. from the men in stripes. How do you handle in this, Tremont? What is, what isn't? LaFleur threw up his hands, you know, <laughs> last couple of weeks saying, I don't know what it is anymore. It's tough. It's tough, but I think the way they're looking to call, call these interference now, it has to be something very blatant like the New Orleans play. Yeah. Like, you can, you can look at it and it can, it can be an obvious pass interference, but if it's not blatant like the New Orleans play, they'll probably keep it the same. The league will not, the review people will not go against what's called on the field to protect the officials, in my opinion. Right. Unless it is, yeah. Unless it's really blatant. Really, really, really blatant. Yeah. So, are, is there more arm-rattling, clutching, nudging, shielding? The one downfield on MVS wasn't overturned, but it looked... Most definitely. Certainly last year would have been P.I. Review or not. It was, it was close enough to where... Clear and obvious, they, they say. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was close enough to where that they couldn't overturn it. You guys have got an impossible job to do. You yeah. can't touch them after five yards. You're running against four, three, six, five leapers. Backwards. <laughs> and running backwards. <laughs> uh, I do not envy you, Tremont, and you're still doing it in the mid-30s. That is unbelievably awesome. Quick thumbnail on the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, we know about Zeke. We talked about that. But Cooper and your old friend Randall Cobb, not to mention Tavon Austin, Jason Wittenback. Right. Got a lot of weapons. Most definitely. Um, Dak Prescott's looking um, better than he did last year. He, he's throwing the ball a lot more accurately. Um, obviously, you have those weapons, like you said, Amari Cooper. You got Randall Cobb, who you can kind of put him around the field anywhere, and he's going to be effective wherever he is. Um, and Jason Witten, old guy is back. You know, um, Jason Witten is doing Jason Witten things. You know, he's catching the ball. He's a quarterback safety blanket. Um, and any time a quarterback has, has, has a safety blanket, then that, that's a good thing for him. 2010, that building was awfully kind to you. Kept a, your best season as a pro. You had those picks in the playoffs and Super Bowl ring. A lot of fond memories going back to Dallas. Uh, make another one. Most definitely. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's funny because I tell people I haven't lost a game in Cowboy Stadium yet. 
Really? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I was around uh, in the 90s when they got knocked out three years in a row, but that was the old building. That's the old building. I am undefeated and not uh, playing on stand that way. I hope so, for sure. <laughs> I got I to gotta ask you before we let you go. You're getting older in your career. Your kids mm-hmm. are getting older now. How many right. kids you have? I have two kids. I have a, a, a little boy who's nine years old and my little girl is seven years old. Do they critique you as a football player? My wife critiques me as a football player. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shame on you, girl. <laughs> what, what's her biggest critique? My wife just want to know everything, man. She, my, if y'all don't know, my wife played professional basketball overseas um, in Poland. So she, um, she was um, – the player of the year at Louisiana Tech. We both met at Louisiana Tech, and That's she a was very good. Program, yeah, man. So she was very good. So she's just into sports, man. She want to know everything about it. So sometimes I don't have to come home and deal with guys like this right here. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I go home and I gotta deal with my yeah, wife third sometimes degree too, at home. she want to know. <laughs> hey, but Tremont Jr. I just wanted to, you know, we talk about him a lot. He is doing fantastic right. in age group track and field national level stuff. Right. I mean, what's especially? Is he the high jumper, high riser, junior? High riser, junior. But he's a uh, he's a long jumper. Long jumper. Long jumper. 100, 200, 400. Whatever it is, he's 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 top. Um, Do not forget this kid's name. I mean, Tremont Williams Jr. It's good it's, to see it's remember, funny. but you're going to hear from it's him. It's funny because my little girl, she she, she, she she dominated this year <laughs> really? on the track. Yes, yes she, she dominated on the track. They both went to Junior Olympics in uh, Sacramento, California this year, and they uh, they both placed in all of the events. So Awesome. Yeah. Well done. Like I said, it's the genes. So it's allowed you to play all these years. Yeah. You're passing it on, buddy. Tremont, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on over. You're always I appreciate one of my it, favorite man. guys in the locker room. Best of luck Sunday. We'll see you. Thank you.